All right, welcome back to another episode of Real Talk. AFC South Division Breakdown. Jeff here, Brad also here. Brad, what's up, man? Yeah, finishing up the AFC. It's moving pretty quick. Football is less than 30 days out before we officially start the season. We're getting closer. Preseason officially kicks off this week. So, you know, it's just moving right along, getting getting there. Yeah, this is... I think we both admit that this is not really a division that we were um, eager to talk about. Um, it's probably the least attractive division of the AFC, but the AFC is very tough, and there's another one, maybe two teams that's going to be pretty tough out of this division too. So we'll see. It'll be fun. We'll uh, we'll kick her off like we normally do. Jacksonville Jaguars finished dead last in this division last year. Uh, they were 1-5, and, and they went on a 15-game losing streak. They won their very first game. But they had uh, an offseason full of headlines, would you agree? I mean, obviously, Urban Meyer signs up, right? They go out mm-hmm. and they draft Trevor Lawrence. And they draft Travis Etienne right there in the in the first round to pair with him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, go ahead from the rest. Obviously, they made some, some yeah. free agent signing. I think they walked into free agency with third most cap space. Yeah, they were uh, in the third round. They took a corner and an offensive tackle from Stanford. Um, they lose their wide receiver, Keelan Cole, but they signed Marvin Jones Jr. I didn't really know that they did that uh, little yeah. signing there. They get a, a Pro Bowl level corner, Shaquille Griffin, from the Seahawks. Um, they signed Laquan Treadwell, who's a nice little, you know, three or four wide receiver for from uh, Minnesota. So they added some pieces. I still think overall they did add a lot to their offense in terms of playmakers. They they signed Carlos Hyde along with they already have James Robinson. I wonder how he feels, you know. I think he was fifth in rushing, and then they sign a running back and draft one. Maybe there's something we don't know. But this team did a lot offensively. Urban Meyer's an offensive-minded head coach first, I think. And um, their offense should make some splash plays, especially with Trevor Lawrence, uh, Garner Minshew is one of the more fun personalities in the league, but I still think this defense defense is going to allow a lot of points. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think we touched on this in the AFC East episode. Definitely in the AFC North episode. This is this is another one of those teams that's going to fall in line with the. They're probably not going to be very good. But they're definitely a fun watch on a Thursday night if you have nothing else better to do and they're playing. I mean, Jacksonville has been interesting twice in my fandom, going back to probably 2004. And one of those times they had Maurice Jones-Drew and Fred Taylor with David Garrard. And then the second time they had a really strong defense that played against um, Brady going uh, going up against Deflategate several years back. They really just didn't have a chance. He was on a mission that year. So... They really have they've been interesting twice. Um, outside of that, it, it seems like they're on the way of being interesting again. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, I think this is a team that they made a point to work on the offense this year, draft their quarterback, a running back, get their wide receivers in line, bulk up the offensive line. They're going to try and be competitive by outscoring you. They're going to be okay with mistakes being made. And then they're probably going to continue to work on defense through the draft. And who knows, maybe they can be a second or third place team, maybe even first, who knows with Trevor Lawrence 
in a couple years, but they're trending in the right direction. But then again, if they win two games this year, they're trending in the right direction. Yeah, they're definitely going to win more than two games. I, I have agree. Them. I just, they yeah. only won one last year. So. I, no, I, I get it. I think they're right, around, and it's hard to say. I mean, we're going to go over their first five here in a minute, but I think they're right around the five win mark, which I think is an extremely generous win total. I mean, five and so they'll end up being five and 12 on the season. And I think a lot of people just kind of assume Urban Meyer is going to be able to walk in and and be successful, which I don't disagree with, but it's still the NFL. And the Jaguars lost, <clears throat> I'm going to repeat, 15 straight games last year. They weren't good. Um, it, it just, that's where we're at. And I think that they have a lot of growing up to do. And I think they need a lot of discipline. And I think at the end of the day, they're going to rely pretty heavily on Trevor Lawrence's arm. And hopefully that doesn't um, end up being a Joe Burrow situation last year, you know. But uh, a lot of young quarterbacks in the league, obviously, you have Justin Herbert, you have Joe Burrow, you have now Trevor Lawrence. So uh, let's go over their first five unless you got something else to add. Nope, let's do it. Week one at the Texans. I think we're both giving the Jacksonville Jaguars their first win of the year right off the get. I think everyone should know Jeff and I are both under the impression Deshaun Watson is not the quarterback of the Texans. That's everything he said, everything that's been leading up to this. I mean, he's showing up to practice, but not practicing. We'll get to them in a minute. But they beat the Texans without Deshaun Watson. Yeah, and there is a – I want to go back to a a line that's been used out of um, a lot of people that are close to Watson. We haven't really heard Watson talk about this at all. But he did say that he won't play another down for the Houston Texans, and I'd like to believe that that's accurate. So as of right now, I think they're they have started listening to trade offers. I don't know that they're going to get a ton because of the the allegations that are that are posed against him. But Jacksonville goes to goes to Houston and they beat them and they feel pretty good going into week two and they're going to play home against the Broncos. Where are you at on this one? Broncos win. I actually have Jacksonville. I think the Broncos are way better than you give them credit for. I think they're a better no, team think, than the Jaguars. Uh, I think they <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm just gonna take the Jacksonville Jaguars here because I don't have them spoiler I don't have them winning another game through their first five but I I, I have them getting off to a nice two and zero start and being one of those teams that people are talking about in week three as probably an overachiever um, I do think that's a flip game Broncos are definitely able but I'm gonna predict the Jacksonville Jaguars start two and zero in the year. Uh, week um, three I have them losing to the Cardinals at home I'm guessing you probably well, as well. Week four at the Bengals on Thursday night. Fun game between the number one pick of 2020 and the number one pick of 2021. Who are you going with? Bengals. I also am taking the Bengals there. Uh, and then home against the Titans. My um, my pick would be the Titans there. I have them one and four. You're giving them the win against the Broncos, but yeah. one and four, two and three. Either way, it's not great. Not a great football team. Promising future. They're going to be a fun watch for Jacksonville fans just as a as a team you're going to watch grow, and, and hopefully they uh, they turn into something. But I, th- I think I'm – I don't think I'm too far off by saying they're capable of getting two wins in their first five there. Let's move on to the next team. This is, uh, this is an exciting one. So this team finished second in the division last year. They were the Houston Texans. 
they finished four and twelve. And I know what you're thinking. Uh, they finished four and twelve. They probably have a good draft pick, but they don't. They didn't even have a second round draft pick. They didn't draft until the third round. And truthfully, I don't even know who they drafted. I believe they it was drafted uh, Davis Mills, quarterback from Stanford, oh. and then then their second pick in the third round, they took Nico Collins from Michigan. That's right. Yes. Um, wow. Another Just, indicator they might not go. They knew Deshaun was out of the building. They had to wait till the third round to get a pick, and they picked a quarterback. At the end of the day, um, if Deshaun Watson's not going to suit up for this team, they fired their coach, as we predicted last year on the division breakdowns. We didn't think they'd be very good. They have not upgraded in any way, shape, or form. I don't think you can honestly sit here and say that they got better in any way. I think they probably got worse. Um, they let a lot of pieces walk, including Will Fuller, uh, J.J. Watt, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, they brought in a couple of random running backs that I'm sure you'll touch on in a second. I'll just let you get to it. This team's really bad. Yeah, the team is bad. I don't think they're going to be as terrible as we think. Um, they are. The, the problem is, is it's so weird because you don't know when you get a. It's like the replacements. You know, I'm sure you guys have seen that movie Keanu Reeves, and it's like just a ragtag bunch of guys thrown together. It's almost like a whole new team. But yeah. they, you know, they traded D Hop two years ago. You know, they didn't have him last season. And then they lose probably their, well, definitely their best offensive and defensive player in Deshaun Watson and J.J. Watt. But they bring in a plethora of running backs. They have Philip Lindsay, Mark Ingram, Rex Burkhead, and they already have David Johnson. They bring in Anthony Miller and Chris Conley, wide receiver, to go with Brandon Cooks. On defense, every level, Shaq Lawson, Christian Kirksey, Desmond King, all three of those guys, I believe, are have been in the Pro Bowl at, at their position. And it's like you start to look at that, and it's like they did bring in a lot of pieces that can help this team. Their defense was abysmal, but they bring in a good player at every level, linebacker, pass rush, and corner. They already have a stud safety in Justin uh, Reed. So I just think the Jaguars could shock a lot of teams. It's going to be virtually impossible. What did I say? Jaguars. Oh, sorry. The Texans, for me, are a team that, I think it's virtually impossible to predict a win, but I don't think they'll go winless on the season. I just don't know where to put those wins in at. It's that's that's fair. That's really fair. They're still going to play football, and I actually think you know, with adding an extra game, seventeen total, I think this team could possibly repeat as a four-win team. That's about where I have them. Um, that's that's about their ceiling, though. I don't think they'll win five or six, but it's just hard for me to predict a team to go two and 15 or one and 16. But if there's a team to do it, I feel like it's this one. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I, I hate to be that guy that's like, Oh, they're just going to be oh and 17, one and 16, two and 15, but this is a really bad football team. And you did mention a lot of solid pieces. And I think some of those will be traded at the deadline. That's this team's not going anywhere. They got to get rid of right some now. of those running backs. So one or two this. of them. Who starts? Show. Who starts at quarterback week one? Um, gosh. Exactly. That's the problem. We don't even know. Yeah. At this point, we literally don't know. It's a well, mixture of running is, backs that they're not going to get any just one that carries. So they're not going to have a Belco. They they have literally five fantasy backs. But that's the, the thing, though. Like, so when when I'm not going to talk about Jeff Driscoll, 
who did play okay when Drew Locke got hurt, who's on the roster. But yeah. Terod Taylor is on this roster. He'll and, you know, when he's on starter. If, and when, when he's on other teams, we always say, like, he's not going to win you games, but you can win with him. You know, they have a coach who who a lot of people don't believe should be the head coach. They, It's just you have a, a bunch of ragtag players who have been offloaded by many other teams all coming down here to meet in Houston to be the team that no one believes in. And I feel like a lot of ex-players and people who've played football talk about how important the emotion of the game is or how united you are as a locker room. I feel like this team's on the same page. They're being discounted. They're underdogs. You know, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to be a part of our team. JJ doesn't. Well, let's prove him wrong. And it could blow up in their face. They could be 1-16. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a hype man for the Texans. I'm just trying to give a more optimistic look that this team could potentially ruin a couple teams' seasons. You know, in, in opportune times, when you look at teams that are going to make the playoffs or are supposed to, and it's like, oh, they got a lock this week against the Texans and they find themselves down four in the fourth quarter. You know, I just think the Texans, they have players in situations that it's like the the team as a whole could really come together behind the same same motives. And I think they're a team that can spoil the party. But again, I think their cap, their absolute best is five wins. But they're going to ruin somebody's season. They're, they're going to they're gonna trip up some teams somewhere, I think. Okay. I think we slightly disagree there, but that's okay. Um, do you think Deshaun Watson ends the season as a Houston Texan? No. Do you think he gets traded mid-season then, you think? Some, someone, someone's got to go get him, I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's probably the only storyline going with the with the Texans. Let's start with their first five. And <laughs> I, I just, I just want to say, after saying all that, I do have them starting 0-5. <laughs> I, I was just about to say, you just defended them for four wins. I'd love to hear you say where you're getting a win. Okay, I'm glad we agree there. I was like, I don't even know where this guy's going with this. But they're, they're not winning one of these games. So let's check for the listeners listen here. I just, I'm trying to get – everyone's kicking the Texans. You're down in the mud. It's It's been raining for six months straight on you guys. i just trying to shine a – a little bit of light, maybe a blinking flashlight from a hundred yards away, but we can go through who they play and when they play, but you can go ahead with that. Week one home against Jacksonville. We just, uh, we just gave Trevor Lawrence that W a second ago. Week two <laughs> at the Cleveland Browns. That's the Browns home opener. That's I have the Browns. Good. I have the Browns big. That's the first Browns game with home fans in the dog pound. And you got the Texans. Just sad walking in there. <laughs> Brown's big. Week three, home against the Panthers. I got the Panthers winning that one. Thirty-two. Week four at the AFC East champions, Buffalo Bills. I got the Bills winning that. That's a slaughter. Week five against the Patriots. They did beat the Patriots last year. That's one of the Texans' four wins. It yeah, won't be enough this time. They they don't have Deshaun and this is a complete coaching mismatch now. I got the Patriots in that one. Oh and five. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if uh, in their next twelve or thirteen games they're going to rattle off for. I'll give you this. I'll give you this. Brad seems to think they'll win a couple of games. One of them will probably be Week Twelve against the Jets because the Jets are bad. 
Yeah, they drew the NFC West. That's four losses. The NFC East, that's three losses. Or AFC East, excuse me. That's three losses. Again, they could possibly beat the Jets. They're, I don't think they're better than anybody in their division. I don't either. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, they could shock some people and win some games. But I don't know if I could ever bring myself to say, hey, before these next three hours, the Texans are going to go win this game. Like, I don't. I, I do agree with you that the Texans will probably upset someone this year. I'm agreeing with you there. But you're play- telling me they might upset four people. <laughs> That's where I'm like, ah, I don't know. That's a little much. A Thursday night game uh, against Sam Darnold and the Panthers. Maybe Sam Darnold's a little turnover prone sometimes. Maybe he has a bad game. They play the Colts twice. We don't know what their situation is. That that Panthers game's on Thursday night? Yeah, week three. Okay, who in their right mind put the Texans on Thursday night? We we don't ask those questions. We don't ask those questions. Every every once in a while, you you need to get drunk watching a barn burner, okay? Every once in a while, you need to go to the sports bar for the beer, not the football, you know? Gosh, oh boy. We're moving on. The Texans, sorry, if you're a Texans fan listening to this, you probably hate us because last year we literally obliterated your team and we're not doing any favors today. We didn't miss one thing on the Texans last year. Sorry, not sorry. I know, but they, they suck. We just <laughs> team, uh, The team that finished second in the division, the Indianapolis Colts, they were 11-5. and five. Let's get to the headlines here. Phillip Rivers retires and leaves after one season. And they bring in, on a trade, Carson Wentz. They do re-sign just a day or two ago, Darius Leonard, to a five-year, 90, $99.5 million deal. is just shy of 100 Um But, unfortunately, after signing Carson Wentz and doing all this and feeling good about the team, and they drafted Jonathan Taylor, who I think just barely eclipsed 1,000 yards late last year, they lose Carson Wentz to a 5- to 12-week injury and they lose Quentin Nelson to the exact same thing. Their best offensive lineman. Wow, this sucks. Good news is Peyton Manning went into the Hall of Fame, Colts fans. Congratulations. <laughs> what do you got on the Colts? This is this is tough news. Well, I was really high in the Colts, higher than most who aren't Colts fans. Um, and... So their quarterback play is going to be extremely weak. And you say, well, they have a good offensive line and running game. Oh, their best offensive lineman goes down, which I think their line will still be good. And you'd like to say, you know what? If their running game can get by, limit turnovers, their defense can win them games. I agree. If they didn't have a nightmare for a first five games of the NFL, even with Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson, you're looking at this team being three and two, possibly two and three. And without them, it's just like, what terrible luck. I, it just feels like the Colts are going into a lost season. And the only thing they can hope for is the Titans to trip up, which will get on them. I don't think they will. I mean, I just think with the Texans and Jags, they've gone over and the Colts, you know, okay, so they signed two defensive ends with their first two picks. Other than that, they just took care of business in house, signed some offensive linemen, signed some, you know, they 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 signed their guys, they gave them extensions, but they added really just Carson Wentz for quarterback play, and he's gone. And you've got Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger 
fighting it out for, and you can tell how much they believe in Jacob Eason after what, two years in their program, Sam Ellinger just walks in, who is an okay quarterback for Texas. I mean, he had some shining moments, but nothing over the top. The reason why he went in like the sixth round and he's already splitting first team reps. Like they don't know who they're going with. So unless Phillip Rivers comes out of retirement, they trade for Nick Foles, which I think is the best option for them. I think that would be the smartest move to put him with Frank Reich. The the situation or Gardner Minshew. Okay, I don't know. I, I don't know if Indivision would do that, but I yeah, also it is, agree. But he just makes sense. Yep. But Indivision, um, you're right. it, it's not great. But I think this all three backups for the Steelers. I think any three of those would be better than what the Colts have right now as a backup in Ellinger or Eason. Um, that's all debatable, but if they do not change their quarterback situation, they haven't really changed the team at all. They added one or two guys to their front seven through the draft. Who knows if they'll even be starters. They lost Malik Hooker, but you could say arguably they lost him for the last two years due to injury. Um, I think this defense has promise, and they built it off the running game, but losing Quentin Nelson, losing Carson Wentz. And some of you might be listening and being like, man, you guys, like even with Carson Wentz, I think their quarterback play is going to be bad. And, you know, you could say that, and all I could do is hang my hat on the future and hope that he does well this season. But, again, he's out. Um, they may be able to make a, a run late in the season with their schedule late, but even then it's still tough. This team may just have to chalk this one up to bad luck and look forward to 2022, but we'll see. I mean, do you have anything to add? It's it's the same team, just weaker quarterback play. Yeah, unfortunately, this was going to be a really strong roster. It's a nightmare schedule, you guys. If you haven't yeah. looked at it, we're we're gonna yeah we're gonna get to this in here momentarily. But this was one of the top top three or four offensive lines in probably top 10 roster overall. It was a very good roster. And that's why we loved Carson Wentz going there and, and, and coming back and joining Frank Reich. And there's a lot to like if you're a Colts fan and a lot of promise. But as of right now, it can't feel good. Boy, oh boy. Let's get into these first five. I challenge anybody. And again, I haven't gone through the entire. Um, I haven't seen every single team yet. We're only halfway through the league. This is by far the worst five-game stretch for any team to open up, let alone throughout an entire season. This is rough. Here we go. Indianapolis Colts home against the Seahawks week one. What we have learned is Russell Wilson. We have a, we have a rule on this pod. Russell Wilson going to the East Coast does not matter. I'm taking Russ all day in, a, in, in an East Coast game against the Colts. It's a loss. It's a loss, yeah. Week two, they get the Rams. So that is, again, it is West traveling East. I think there's going to be a lot of Stafford fans that travel to the game, though, because it's from Detroit to Indianapolis. I think it's a close close proximity, and you're going to have some travelers. Be on the lookout, Colts fans. I think you're going to see some Lions fans in the building. I got the Rams beating the Colts. Aaron Donald on a backup left guard. You'd love to see Quentin Nelson handle that, but... yeah. I think this defense is too much, and their offense is going to be good. The Rams win. They start off 0-2. Yeah, they're 0-2, and they're traveling to their division rival, who they're going to have to essentially battle for the division um, title. It's at the Tex at the Titans. The Titans are going to smell blood here. I got the Titans in a win. We're already talking must-wins for the Colts, and they're not going to get it 0-3. 0-3. Um question did the dolphins make the playoffs last year i truly don't remember 
they were the first team out, but I believe they were still 11 and five. They could have been 10 and six. They might have been 10 and six, but they were the first team out, but they had double digit. This is the only non-playoff team of their first five. And this team had a winning record last year. They're at Miami. This is winnable. I expect this to be an absolute dogfight because they're going to open up 0-3. I'm going to give them the win. Wouldn't be shocked to see Miami win. I have Miami winning. And I'm not going to argue it. And I I think last week I actually picked the Dolphins. But now that I'm looking at just the Colts, it's like, God, that's a monster. The Dolphins losing Van Noy and Shaq Lawson. This could be the first monster game for Jonathan Taylor, Taylor, but that's what it would take for them to get this win. Yeah. They're going to look at, they're going to circle this game and be like, holy shit, we have to get this W. It's going to be tough, though. This might be going for it on fourth down, fake punts. You know, they might break out everything here. Yeah. And at this point, if you do drop to 0 4 and you're the Indianapolis Colts, week five does not look good because you have the team with the leading point differential from 2020. You're at the Ravens on Monday night. Whew, if they don't blow you out, I'd be shocked. I mean, they either, they either lose or blow you out by 30. I mean, that's what the Ravens do. I think the Ravens win big there. I actually have the Colts at 0-5, which is makes it breaks my heart, honestly. Yeah. So tough. I, I challenge anybody that's listening – Go find anybody with a five-game stretch worse than that. I don't care if it's the start of the year or not. That's just dreadful. We're talking versus the Seahawks, versus the Rams, then a three-game road trip, Titans, Dolphins, Ravens. Do you have have their schedule in front of you or no? Yeah, I do. What's week six? They're home against the Texans. Thank Jesus. God, he's there for you. I, I mean, honestly, I feel bad for the Colts because this is not what I think they wanted out of their season, but they have a dogfight ahead of them, and week six might be their first win. Best case scenario, they're two and four after week six. What's week seven look like? So week seven is Sunday night at the 49ers. Pray to God they're injured by that point. Yeah, or you have Nelson back and Carson back. but This is brutal. And, and then they have three games in a row that are all 100% must-wins at this point and doable. They are home against the Titans. I say it's doable because in division, things yeah, can happen. Anything can happen. Yep. And in week eight, I think this is the time where you're getting your guys back, Nelson and Wentz. Their next two, it's a three-game home street or home skid. Titans, Jets, Jags. They got to turn it around there. But even if they did, our prediction—we're looking at four, four and five, four and six football team, you know, around that time. Yeah. If they threw ten games, and then just to make it worse, they turn around Buffalo, Tampa, back to back. Then they at Houston, week fourteen by week. They needed that to be real early in the season, and then they come out of the bye: Patriots, Cardinals, Raiders, Jags. None of those are easy. This team could be really unfortunate and go 6-11 and 11 this year, really. This has to be the hardest season in the league. Based off injuries at key positions. This has to well, be the hardest schedule the in the league. Is they're, they're a second seed. They drew the NFC East, which is tough. They drew the or NFC West, excuse me, which all four teams are tough. All four teams are they good. They drew the AFC East, which all four teams are tough, except the Jets. Jets aren't good. 
And then because they were the second seed, the NFC team they drew was not the Saints, but the Buccaneers. So unfortunately, because they were the second seed at the end of the year, which is crazy. And then inside division, the Steelers won the division. So the Ravens were the second seed. And then in division, you got the Titans twice. It's, it's, the, it's the toughest schedule in the league. It's, it's gotta be. I don't even know. It, I don't know what's worse than that. It's gotta be up there. I mean, you've got the Houston Texans twice, the Jags twice, and the Jets once. Outside of that, the Raiders. You'd say that's probably an even game. Cardinals, 49ers, you know, Seahawks, Rams, Titans twice. I mean, so it's just, just nightmares. Just a second ago, Brad was talking about how he wouldn't be shocked to see the Texans beat a couple of teams on slip-up weeks. Let's discard that statement. The Colts have the ability to be that team this year. They're not going to win a lot of games. This is going to be brutal. I didn't realize it was bad. What's scary is the Colts, through injury, could go 6-11 and 11 and have, like, the eighth pick in the draft next year. And they're loaded. actually a really good team. They're they could loaded. probably trade out of the ninth pick and get a bunch more picks and go for it. Or... You know, there's a lot of talk about the quarterback from North Carolina or maybe even draft another one. I don't know if they'll do that, but this is a team that could potentially pick somewhere from six to ten in the first round after this year and be a really good team who just had bad luck. And then you're looking at it just sucks because they could go six and eleven and still be second in their division. I mean, yeah, really. They could, and yeah. we haven't got to them yet, but we had the Texans at 0 and five, the Colts at 0 and five or one and four. The Jags at one and four. Jeff has them a potential two and three. The Titans by week seven. If if they beat the Colts week eight, they could already have the division locked up with the whole second half of the season to go. Well, let's get to them because I don't think they have a cakewalk. Let's get to them. It's here. not a cakewalk. Let's talk about the Tennessee Titans. They had one of the top five storylines of the offseason. They acquired longtime Atlanta Falcon Julio Jones. I think that's huge. I, I know a lot of people thought that was kind of a blockbuster move of the offseason. Obviously, who was going to land Julio? I think there was a couple of teams in play. Um, there was talk that maybe that was going to be the move that brought Aaron Rodgers back. I know New England was interested. I know the Colts were interested to pair him with Carson 31 Wentz. 31 teams wanted Julio Jones. 31 teams probably made a phone call. As a matter of fact, I think there was even talk that Hopkins was willing to cut his pay to bring him in. That's like he tweeted. <laughs> yes. yes. Tweeted so... Uh, everybody wanted Julio Jones, but it was, in my opinion, an unlikely team that came in, swooped him up. It, they pair Julio Jones with with A.J. Brown. So they literally lose Corey yeah. Davis and yeah. pair him with A.J. Brown. And no, not to mention, I know you're like, well, this team's just going to throw the ball all day. Let's, let's pump the brakes. They have the best through-the-tackle runner <laughs> in the league, Derrick Henry. You got an offensive lineman that runs a four three. <laughs> yeah, I I'm gonna let Brad pick up here with some more details, but I really like what this team can do offensively this year. Unfortunately, last year they weren't able to rust the passer. I know they got a little bit better, but not quite probably yeah, where they, they need to be. They grabbed Bud Dupree. How much of Bud Dupree, Bud Dupree was a yeah. was a byproduct of the Steelers defensive line? We'll see. Coming off of a knee injury on the right knee, he plays on the right side. That's tough. He'll be he'll be ISO'd. He's gonna be asked to get a ton of pressure by himself because they don't have pressure elsewhere. And so I don't know if their defense will be much better. I think this is a team who has put their foot in the ground and said, Go ahead and score twenty eight, we're gonna score thirty. 
Go ahead and score 35. We're going to score 38. And if somehow you let us get up by two possessions, we're just going to milk the clock with Derrick Henry. But I ask if they were to line up with a running back in the backfield, a tight end, a slot receiver, and the two wide receivers, you have to commit five or six in the secondary. You can't single coverage Julio Jones. You can't single coverage A.J. Brown anymore. Derrick Henry with a six-man box. Those numbers don't add up. If Tannehill just literally before the play says how many are in the box, okay, we need to pass, who's in single coverage? I mean, it's almost too simple. Julio Jones makes up for what Johnny Smith and Corey Davis leave. You get Julio Jones. I, I would count that as an even split, maybe even in the favor of the Titans because it's Julio Jones. Again, um, I believe with a lack of playoff appearances, where the Falcons are in the division. You can say, oh, well, Julio's been injured a lot this year. How much of that could he have played through? How much was he just like, man, I just don't want to play for the Falcons anymore? I mean, in his own mind, he's accomplished everything as an individual. He wasn't playing for a winning team. They're firing coaches. They're not winning games. They they blew a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl. He wanted to go somewhere and have fun. Mike Vrabel, good coach. Ryan Tannehill, who's put up amazing numbers. We'll see what happens with the loss of Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator. But you start to look at this team, and they're just a mismatch nightmare everywhere. They have two arguably top 10 wide receivers in the league, the number one running back in the league, a good quarterback, decent O-line. And they're going to be fun on Madden, I'll tell you that right now. I really like this team. I like what they're able to do to you. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, I don't love them defensively, but I think they'll do enough. I really do. I just, first off, I, I don't love this division. I, I've stated that from the very get-go of this episode. I don't love this division, and I think that they can win it. I love Vrabel. Tannehill has been. I mean, we Rock. both threw him. In, we both threw him in our top sixteen quarterbacks the other day with some pretty Go solid break. names out there. Yeah. Dude's a dog. So, and they go out and they get freaking Julio Jones. If, if Julio can play 15 game, 14, 15 games, and AJ Brown stays healthy, he was actually beat up last year, played through a couple injuries. This team's going to be just too good for people. And they're an incredible watch on Sunday, week one, when they play the Cardinals to get your first glimpse of what this attack could look like because the Cardinals have a bit of an attack themselves. Let's go ahead and get into their first five week one home against the Cardinals. Cardinals are traveling to Tennessee. I like Tennessee here. Um, what is this is a complete coin flip game. I think I'm going home team here with a, the Cardinals being the recipients of being the first ones. They have to play that, that three headed monster and not knowing how to defend it yet. Yeah, I also think that um, this could potentially be the highest scoring game week one. Potentially, this is one Cardinals-Titans. But I also have Titans in the home opener taking it. Julio, AJ. Most game is fun, but yeah. Yeah. Week two at Seattle. Uh, We just talked a second ago. Seattle is going to open up with the Colts. Um, But then week two, they have Tennessee come into town. I, I like the Hawks here. Um, I know you're not high on the Seahawks. No, we completely this- agree. I already our whole first five is going to be the same thing at Seattle. There, I like Seattle to win this game. Okay. The first game that we just talked about how Seattle is at the Colts week one. 
you have a one and zero Seahawks team coming back home. The twelves get to come into the stadium again. They've been locked out for a whole year. That that might break records on the sound scale. Yeah. But what a game. And, That's gonna be a heck of a game. Yeah, week three we just talked about Titans at home against the Colts. We both predicted Titans in a W. Week four, we talked about this last week. The tech the Titans are going to the New York Jets. They're gonna run them over. Um, we both agreed last week. And then week five, we just talked about this. The Jags are home against the Titans, but the Titans are too much for them at this point. Um, four and one. But just when I was talking about, um, you know, maybe week seven to ten where they might get Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz back, and mm-hmm. this team could turn it around. And we mentioned some winnable games in there from week seven to ten. We said – you know, at the 49ers, is tough, but if they beat the Titans, they have the Jets and the Jags shortly afterwards. During that same time, the Titans, you know, after their week five, they're versus Buffalo versus Kansas City at the Colts. Again, if the Colts can pull off that win, then they're at the Rams. That's a four-game stretch right after their start where we could start maybe talking about the Colts coming up, but... I like the Titans. They can beat any team. They're a top-tier team. Um, Absolutely. I mean, what's not to love about It's an offensive league, and you've got a quarterback who's capable and can run himself. Let's not forget about that. If somehow everything's, you know, tripped up, he can just scamper off. So Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown, that is – this team could lead the league in points. You say time of possession, but they've got two home run threats too. You know, they could score – in the blink of an eye, or they could go 14 plays, 70 yards on you in eight minutes. So, I mean, this team can do it all. They're limitless on offense, and that's where the game is played today. Yeah, I just, I again, we're repeating ourselves. I, I love this team. I think what they're able to do is as good as anybody. We'll see what they do, and we'll see if they stay healthy. Obviously, this being a franchise tag year for Derrick Henry, he's going to want to ball out and get paid, and um, I know Julio Jones is getting close to the end of his contract. He's going to want to get paid. And A.J. Brown's getting close to the end of his rookie contract. He wants to get paid. A lot of guys need paid. A lot of guys looking to ball out and put up statistical numbers. And um, Ryan Tannehill just got paid, but he's one of those players that had to earn that that contract. I think he's going to go out and, and really okay. ball out. I think he's going to ball out. So and One thing to keep an eye on is, yes, it's a new offense now that Julio's there, but they did lose Arthur Smith who was one of the top three or four offensive coordinators in the league. He is now the head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. We'll talk talk about them in a week or two coming up. Exciting for them, but yeah, we'll see what this new offense looks like. But, man, you're the offensive coordinator. You can't really screw that up, I don't think. Yeah, that'd be tough. Well, are you ready to uh, talk about some wide receivers? Yeah, guys, uh, there's too many good wide receivers in our league. We are spoiled for choice. Every team starts two every week. So, I mean, they're out there. Some teams even roll three deep. So this is impossible. Um, I'd like to think, you know, I guess yesterday me and Jeff didn't talk about this, but I like to think that Jeff and I are going to have the same top five. Um, We shall see. But we have not done this. Again, we go draft style to keep each other honest. Uh, there's some people I probably left off my list and people he may have left off his. But um, you had first last time. You want me to go first this time? Yeah, yeah. I, I know who you're going with, but yeah. Yeah, uh, got to go with my boy D-Hop. DeAndre Hopkins, the best wide receiver in the league. 
and I stand by that. And although some people may disagree, nobody can tell me that I'm wrong putting D-Hop at number one. Yeah, um, again, there's there's five wide receivers that we're going to all have in our top five. Um, I, 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 I think there's five that are interchangeable within the top five. I don't know if everybody will, but I think we will. I think a lot of educated people will have the. the I know. Let's just get going. <laughs> number two, it, number two would have been number one for me. It, it's Devonte Adams, in my opinion, he, he's the top wide receiver in the league. Too big, too physical. He does everything perfect. He literally sat out two games and still led the league in yards and touchdowns. I believe, maybe not yards, but definitely touchdowns. Number three, who are you going with? Um, I know we might have this switched again, but I like Stefan Diggs. No, as- he's three. He's three. three. Cool. Yeah, I had him three as well. By the way, I had Adams as two on my list. So, yeah. I mean, so they're them. Diggs right now, a lot of that has to do with who was playing quarterback for him. And unfortunately, he was already good with Kirk Cousins. And now that he's got Josh Allen, he's way ahead and just. Stephon Diggs doesn't seem guardable at times. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I go back and forth on these two, and it probably typically wouldn't be this way. Um, but, again, I'm going to assume health, and because if I'm assuming health, it's Julio Jones. You wouldn't have gone that way. You're probably taking this next guy. I was which... wrong. I was wrong on our top five. Um, wow, okay. You have Julio Jones at four. Um yeah. Okay, that threw me off a little bit. I'm going to go Tyreek Hill at five then. He, he would have been four or five for me. And it, to me, that See, so I just, I I deduct, nothing wrong with Julio at four. I just deducted more because of his health. That's fine. Um, that That's all it is for me. That's but again, fine. this is a tallest. No one's going to complain with Julio Jones at four. But Tyreek Hill is going to be number five then. Yeah. And now, because you didn't you didn't have him in your top five? I did not have Julio in my top five. Interesting. Because now I'm wondering if, if we're still on the same page. Um, I believe that this guy is just, he's peaking. He's going up. DK Metcalf, number six. You don't have DK. Wow. Okay. Wow. This is why this is you know, fun. We had a, we had a call at a campground about two years ago just doing this off the cuff, and we disagreed so much. We That's, did. A lot of this has for wide receivers. It's really specific because a lot of it has to do with production, health, who's playing quarterback. Like right, we've been saying this for years. If a certain wide receiver gets Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, all of a sudden they're top five. You know, what I mean? it's just yeah. like it's so subjective. Um, I'm not letting Mike Evans fall any farther. He's number seven for me. So we we locked in exactly there. No. Um, but he he is. <laughs> He is literally, he's he's getting his toes nipped at by Julio Jones' teammate, A.J. Brown, at eight. Just so everybody knows, in our top ten, after three, mine and Jeff's list just... They're not <laughs> like at all. Not How do you like not have AJ Brown in the top eight? I that's tough. I man. will not stand any longer for the disrespect on Allen Robinson. Put him at eight. He would be nine. Allen Robinson, 
Yeah, he'd be nine. That's a that's a really good pick there. That's a really good pick. Um love this. Yeah. So man, this is uh not hard. Not no, hard is the answer. It it is hard. It is hard. Not hard. This this is really fun, first off. I I really like this because it makes me like yeah. really think and there's a there's an obvious answer here. I don't think it's as obvious as you make it seem. Come on. But there was somebody I talked about yesterday, and I think it was Matt Ryan. And one of the things I brought up was, after so long, stats have to matter. Okay? Keenan Allen. That's who it should have been. That's the correct answer. Okay. Keenan Allen. I don't love Keenan Allen. Never have. Don't know why. Never been a big fan. But the dude's a stat machine. Um, I know I said it's about health as well, but um, I'm going to put Odell Beckham Jr. as the next guy on the list. And I know you're one of the people who says he's still living off that, that one catch. I I have to take it. You ask, like, you look at all these videos across the league, cornerbacks being asked who the most difficult receivers to guard are. And all of them have OBJ in their top three or four. Jalen Ramsey put him at number two in a in a recent video that just came out. I just yeah he, he doesn't get the looks because of the system he's in. It's run first, and you know they have been bad until Stefanski, and then he suffered the injury. I think you have. I, I don't really want to put OBJ too much further on this list. I'm gonna put him right there. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that are listening to this, and they're 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 waiting for a name, and they're not gonna hear it right here. Um, this player was shadowed because he was part of a very wide open offense last year that ended up winning the Super Bowl. But the twelfth best wide receiver in the league is Chris Godwin. Hmm. Okay. There's a lot of people that want to hear a name, and they're not going to hear it here either. Justin oh, wow. Jefferson. I I'm actually really happy that you said that because he was my next. Um, but at this point, I'm okay. No, no, don't do it. Don't do it. With letting this guy slip again. <laughs> Tyler yeah. Lockett comes in at 14. Whoa, over to Tyler Lockett. Is that Tyler Lockett? Yes, Tyler Lockett. All right, I gotta let you guys know I don't agree with Jeff at all on Tyler Lockett here, but your top because, because no. Because he, because he did, because because Jeff did say Tyler Lockett. Oh, this is tough. I'll put Michael Thomas here. I'll see it. That's fine. That's fine. That's a good spot for him, actually. That's a good spot. Yeah, and all you people rolling your eyes. Michael Thomas is butt cheese. Yeah, slant boy. Sorry. Uh, he, now that he doesn't have Drew Brees. I'm, with Drew Brees. I'm intrigued. That's to see Kamara carries that team. team. I'm I'm intrigued to see how this contract plays out now that slant boy is. He's getting out Drew of there Brees. so people don't know he's bad. He's going to get out of there and try and go to a good quarterback. Awesome. Number 16 is somebody that I've already talked with Brad that he threw out as a random name that wouldn't make his list, but he has to make mine. It's Amari Cooper. Sorry, boys. He just wouldn't. Um, I'm going to go ahead at 17. There are three guys I want to put here. 
but I am going to put Terry McLaurin here. He probably went too low. Um, but he has to be top 20. Great player. Great player. Um, I don't know how much longer he's going to be in this top 20, but as of today, he is 18 is Adam Thielen. Mm. He's slowly falling out. There's three, there's four guys that I still have in my top 20 that we haven't mentioned. Um, at number 19, I'm going to put DJ Moore. 19 is DJ Moore. So I had this, I, yeah, that's, that's a really good one. And there's going to be somebody left off the list that I don't think should be, but I, this guy has to make it. Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I agree. He, he probably went too low as well. He was actually a little bit higher on my list, but he's got to be in the top 20. Who, who, are, uh, who are the names that you had on your list of top 20, on your top 20 that didn't make it? CeeDee Lamb. He was one of mine. That was it. Oh, um, my other one was Kenny Galladay. I think both of those guys are better than Tyler Lockett. Kenny, Kenny Galladay doesn't make my top 27. I think that Tyler Lockett, has always had either Doug Baldwin or Metcalf across him with Russell Wilson throwing him the ball. I I think I I don't think Tyler Lockett's that good, to be honest with you. Wow, that's really unfortunate. I'm he sorry. does put up some numbers though. He's he puts up massive numbers. Receiver, but I just I don't know. Even if you're a top thirty two, that means you could be a number one in the NFL. I mean twenty is a relative list. That even if he was twenty three, that means he could walk on to any team and be the number one or two these guys are all good it's just personal preference let me read them back to you guys at 20 calvin ridley at 19 dj moore at 18 adam thielen but age injury catching up with him he did have a very productive year last gotta put him on there for the yellow gloves yeah 17 scary terry mclaurin he's somebody that's rising up this list not going down 16 amari cooper 15 Again, people probably have a problem with this, but I'll stick by it. Michael Thomas at 15. At 14, you have Tyler Lockett. That was drafted by me. I'll, I'll stand by that all day. 13, and this player is going up the list, Justin Jefferson. At 12, Super Bowl champion Chris Godwin. 11, Odell Beckham Jr. from the Browns. He has a teammate that just missed my list here. Yeah, Landry's close. Yep, Landry's close. Number 10, and should be in the top 10, Keenan Allen uh, coming in at number nine was Allen Robinson. And I mean, he has a chance to go up this list with good play with, between him and, and Justin Fields. Uh, and here we go with this top eight. Cause I think it starts getting really elite here. So AJ Brown at eight at seven Super Bowl champion, Mike Evans uh, at six is DK Metcalf at five, the fastest man on the planet, Tyreek Hill. At four, Julio Jones. At three, Stephon Diggs. And then these the, the top two can be interchangeable for sure. At two, it's Devontae Adams. And number one, never dropped anything in his life, DeAndre Hopkins. How you feel? Uh, everyone loves their list till they see someone else's, and then it's just, you know, it's chaos. That's why we love doing this. Yeah. I hope it gives people some some love on the show. But you said the top eight where you find it gets super elite. I had DK Metcalf at 10. That's top 10 receiver in the league, but I had him at 10. 
I thought that was when you said his name at six. I was like, man, if anybody would have put Evans above Metcalf with me, I thought it would have been you. Don't get me wrong. I mean, that's a tough Top one for me. It's still really good. Yeah, that's it's tough for me. But right now, if you ask Tom Brady who he'd rather have, DK Metcalf or Mike Evans, and neither of them are in the room, I think he's taking DK. I think he would take Mike Evans, A.J. Brown, Allen Robinson, and Keenan Allen over Metcalf. I think what Allen Robinson's done with 87 different quarterbacks just wise on the Bears is so impressive. I think Keenan Allen is second to Adams in route running in the league. Mike Evans, what is that, 47 straight seasons with over 1,000 yards now? I mean, the dude yeah. just doesn't miss a beat. Even when he has under three yards receiving, he still has two touchdowns in a game. I mean, the dude just having Tom Brady use his skills so well. But yeah. then again, I mean, you're looking at the top 20, and what I do find is when we say Galladay, CeeDee Lamb, Jarvis Landry is some of the guys who close miss this list. I just wonder if there's anybody listening. Maybe you guys can comment at us when we share on Facebook, you know, the, the podcast. If you want to comment after you listen, is there any name you're surprised we left off? And not just because, like, oh, I'm surprised Brad left off a Steelers player because he's such a big fan. Like, they're just not there yet. I mean, like, realistically, is there anyone could have missed? I mean, some of you maybe maybe Cortland Sutton. You know, he missed all last year with an injury. But Cooper he was Cup. Just, it was Robert such Woods. A, both both Rams guys, uh, Cup and Woods. So maybe we're defeating the purpose of asking that question. But and Tony, if you're listening, don't say Henry Ruggs. You know, we need another year before we start putting him up there. I know he's good, but uh, that's the list there. That's twenty. Yeah, I think that's a good list. Except yeah. for Lockett being fourteen, man, it's crazy. That's crazy. Sorry. The productions again. The the stats speak for themselves after so long. Yeah, so. All right. Well, that is it. You got the uh, the top twenty wide receivers draft style from Brad and I, as well as your AFC South final predictions. We didn't do this. Sorry. Final predictions for the division. I got the Titans. I'm guessing you do as well. Yep, Tennessee. All right, guys. We are out. Tennessee could go eight and nine, and be the four seed. They got yeah. a hard schedule. They got a hard schedule, but yeah, they do. the good news for them is the rest of their division's butt cheeks right now without a quarterback for the Colts. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next time on Real Talk. See ya.